Okay, so this is going to be my Fork in the Road episode with Michael Colleary. Uh, Michael and I recorded our normal episode before this, and you can listen to that, which was us talking about um, being dads, etc., and his dad and his family life and what it's like for him as a screenwriter and a member of Hollywood movie and TV life to be a dad to his two fantastic daughters. Uh, But this will be our Fork in the Road episode where he and I basically just geek out on movies pretty much. So um, a really cool, um, fun little sit down in both episodes. But this one I particularly loved because I could basically talk about movies with almost anybody for hours on end. So uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. And here we go with the Fork in the Road. Basically, I'm at the point where I want to do your glean from you your top five lists. <laughs> this will be kind of the okay. closer fun part. So, and maybe you, I don't know if if you can do these off the cuff, but uh, top five movies. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, top five. Movies. It's hard to. It, would it be easier to do ten? It changes every day. Yeah. Um, like last night, we watched Shannon and I watched the Lady Eve. The Preston oh, yeah. Sturgis movie. I mean, it's just a perfect film. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Let me try, though. Goodfellas. Let's do this. Yeah. Top five, because I know you are you are a fan of the classics and you uh-huh. have all that. So maybe it will make it easier if we do top five pre-90 and top five post-90. Okay. 90 is a decent yeah, benchmark sure, for sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay, pre ninety. Um, all right, I gotta go with the third man. It's mm. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Another classic. Yes. Uh, the Godfather, of course. Of course. Um, oh my gosh, pre ninety. The Road Warrior. Oh yeah, love that movie. Uh, going back even further. Oh my, good lord, the Seven Samurai. Yes. Um, Oh gosh, the general, the old Buster Keaton movie, mm-hmm. um, Dirty Dozen, tons of war movies. The Dirty yeah. Dozen, where Eagles Dare, love yeah. all those sort of secret mission movies. Good gosh, oh American Graffiti and um, Jaws, of course. Uh, Star Wars, anything, all the Star Wars movies. Wow, you went, you the Shawshank Redemption went that like was before before you got to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. this uh, when was Shawshank? That was like the that was got to be the night. That was in 90s. that was nineties, nineties. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, gosh, where do you begin? Where do I don't you know. end? It's okay, impossible. so post nineties, post nineties, uh, go all Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And I love Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, these do not make me popular here at home. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to watch them. No, that. you're watching those on <laughs> yeah. your own. Uh, Pulp Fiction, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so let let sure. me stop you there. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Okay, we're obviously going to go into a lot of film stuff here. Sure, whatever you like. Not forever, but uh, as a screenwriter, and I used to love, and obviously, like I, I loved him tarantino was great and you know i got into that whole i've eat up everything tarantino feeds me or whatever Mm -hmm. and then when the information came out regarding his is he 
plagiarizing these things? Is he paying homage to these things? Is it the line between theft and respect or whatever? Did you ever kind of, I don't know how deeply you got into that. I'm just wondering as a, as a screenwriter, mm-hmm. um, if you paid any. Well, um, I, I have never met the man. Yes. Um, I, but I've had a whole relationship with his work mm-hmm. and, and my perception of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which quite understandably began with m- insane jealousy. Yes, um, yes. When when Reservoir Dogs right. came came along, and so I couldn't wait to see the Chinese film City on Fire. Yes, which uh, was a quote unquote inspiration mm-hmm. for Reservoir Dogs. I wanted it so desperately to be a word for word depiction uh, that Reservoir Dogs lifted. Right, um, and uh, it wasn't. Right, uh, and I came out. Uh, Feeling like the guy has definitely has his own thing going, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that yeah he, he you know he's a film nut right. I mean we talked about Shane Black and yeah. and I think Tarantino's like the next iteration of that, which is this kind of uh, uh, what do you call that uh, a savant you mm-hmm. know of someone who's watched old VHS movies to right. the point where it's like that's his brain that's now all his neural pathways are now all these old uh, uh, you know. Uh, Hong Kong, yeah, know, yeah. shoot 'em up movies yeah. and um, Sonny Chiba movies or something, right? Know? So, uh, but Pulp Fiction, I didn't really. Uh, maybe there are uh, so so Reservoir Dogs. I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I can kind of pull it from here and there. Yeah, but it was a good movie. It was it was cool. Yeah, but Pulp Fiction, I thought was a masterpiece. And, right, I don't, and, and I didn't feel like I was any, like anything I'd ever seen before. Yeah. Um, and it and it was exciting and interesting on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't love uh, Jackie Brown, which I think was his next one, maybe. I believe so. Yeah, I didn't love that. I thought it was okay. <clears throat> and then um, I don't know what else. Maybe if he did anything else in there. And then he went off to make Kill Bill. Right. And I yeah, remember he had all his Robert Rodriguez stuff in between. Yeah. That. Right. Right. He did Dust from Dust from from Dust Till Dust Dawn, Dawn and, and True Romance came rooms. out. And, yeah, well, was that the name of it? With the four rooms, right? Four he was everywhere. Directors. He yeah. was suddenly everywhere, and yeah. as an actor, which I didn't find him that compelling as an actor. Although yes. I thought he was pretty good in From Dust Till Dawn as the real creepy brother. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. Right, you know, he, he was... just kept his mouth shut, which yeah. made him more more interesting. More menacing, yeah. Um, and then you know the the saga of Kill Bill began. Right. And again, I'm not involved with any of this, but I would read in the trades. Oh, you know, it's over budget. Oh, they're still shooting it. Oh, mm-hmm. now it's going to be two movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's the end. Yeah, it's the end of Quentin. This yeah, like, yeah. You know, he had his moment, and he's just too crazy and yeah. too erratic. Yeah. And this is going to be a two. Who makes two movies? If he had said three movies, I would have said, well, okay, but who makes two movies? Right. Yeah. About the same thing. And then I saw it, and I went, okay. I'm, you know, he makes sense. He, he, he's, he's won me over forever. Yeah. I can never, ever challenge the guy's profound genius, mm-hmm. regardless of where it comes from. Um, and I, and I haven't loved everything he's done mm-hmm. since then. I, I'm in the minority. Um, I can't relate. Did you see that? I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, Inglorious Bastards, I know is his most successful. Maybe he's had a, maybe Django's more successful now or something like that. Yeah. But, Inglorious Bastards, you know, to me, it's two movies. I, right. I mean, I know people love my writing partner loves it. So many people love the movie. Yeah. I found the movie as much as I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I found it a little frustrating because it was two different movies, both of which I really liked. Yeah, but they were 
didn't Very go separate. together. Yeah, you yeah. know, I the the, the thing with the with the um, burning the theater down and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, that was fantastic. Right. But then you're going to kill Hitler. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to kill Hitler, how can you not have Brad Pitt kill Hitler? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. the Apache. So okay, great. Have Brad the Aldo the Apache scalp Hitler. Yeah. I mean, why not do that? Yeah. So I I I, I walked out going like my head was spinning like everybody else, but. Oh my God! The scene in the bar. Yeah, right I mean, it's like it just doesn't not get better than right. that. Right, that was a great, and I probably will now watch that on Netflix tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I a keep cool movie. passing by it and saying I need to watch. So this you've again. never seen it? I have seen oh, it. Oh okay, I've, I I've, didn't want to spoil it. No, though. I think I gobbled that down like three times when I first saw it because I wanted to keep trying to put that together. Yeah, because I remember seeing it the first time and thinking that and saying, well, maybe I need to watch it again, and I I failed somehow. Yeah, it was um, weird. It's it's and maybe it's a and maybe I again I don't know Quentin Tarantino from Adam, but maybe it's like a really interesting insight into his mind mm-hmm. because on the one hand, it's this yeah, just great movie about yeah. not the Holocaust per se, but about about the oppression of Jews and right Nazis and and you know them coming into the farmhouse. I mean that whole thing with that whole line of yeah. Shoshana's was fantastic, just fantastic. Yeah. But then again, there was the sort of the silly '70s ripoff of the Dirty Dozen, right? Uh, alongside it, and, right? And and that was fun too. I mean, yeah. Brad Pitt was fun, and the Jew Bear and all that stuff. I mean, that was kind of a cool Brad Pitt and his accent and everything. Yeah. Like that. But again, that was like a cheapy '70s World War II movie yeah. that was made in Spain for a dime, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, but uh, Brad Pitt and his accent, it, which is amazing because. I was just talking about somebody was talking about what was the movie that he did has the word devils in it with Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, right. The Devil's Own maybe? Yeah. Is that it? Something he like that. Was, like do you did you see it? Uh, it's been a while. He was yeah. Irish. Yes. Right? And his accent was awful. I mean yeah. it was so bad. Yeah, he, um, he 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 that was not a great movie. That no. should have been it was like going to be great. It should have been great, but right. it was not great. Yeah, it was kind of during that time where he I think Meet Joe Black was maybe not too far extended from that. Uh-huh. And there was Meet Joe Black, there was that, and then there was another movie where it was kind of like, okay, can Brad Pitt act? Is right. he any good? Something's going on here. <laughs> right. I don't remember what it was after that that kind of became, a, okay, he can actually act. But I remember that break where he was just miserable and things. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so anyways... I stopped you in the middle of your list, which oh. was Pulp Fiction, Goodfellas, Shawshank, right. Goodfellas, um, Casino. Yeah. Oh, The Matrix. I love The Matrix. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. The original only, yes. Yes. Okay. The original Just making only. Sure. Well, I, I think that I think the next two kind of got lost in yes. their personal problems and not problems, but they had the the brothers who went went on to become. I mean, one was changing his sexuality. Oh, uh, I didn't Larry. Know that. Yeah, Larry. Larry. Wachowski became Lana Wachowski, and I think that was all happening around that time. Did not know any of that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, the studio wanted their movies. I, I, you right. Know, and I, they I th- obviously got completely devoured in doing new technology. Right. I mean, that scene where there's 50 Keanu Reeves. And even at that point, that whole elementary school or whatever fight scene where there were a bunch of them and he pulled out the right. uh, bar and was hitting them. I, I remember even thinking there was a difference between the f- the stuff in the first 
Matrix and thinking, whoa, this is incredible and looks incredible. Um, where with that, it was kind of like, okay, I've never seen this before, but it doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is a little too wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like they kind of got on that path, too, of trying to push the envelope and a little too much. he could fly, much. and he could, yeah. you know, it's like there were no limits anymore, right. which, which kind of worked against it. I mean, it was fun in the first one to see him trying to exceed his limits. Yeah. But then when there, when he did that, I mean, he wasn't ever going to die, really. Right. So what was at stake? But, yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, like there were a lot of great movies last year. I thought a lot of movies I really enjoyed. Ex Machina. and um, oh, So good. Such a good movie. I was thinking about that last night because I was thinking about us sitting down and talking. And I remember you talking about that. And I can't remember. Oh, I was actually um, in... My kid's room and laying when we put Sawyer to bed, who is three, um, one of us, and it's usually me, lays with him till mm-hmm. he falls asleep. And I remember hearing a noise in the room and thinking, was that just a normal noise? And I have a, a paranoia that is in a small box, usually in the corner of my uh-huh. mind. And that opened up and I thought, um, which doesn't tangle well with my um, ability to create large scenes of things. What if there's somebody in the closet right now? And immediately I thought of this person that I didn't hear another noise, very slowly creeping up on me and very slowly putting a knife in me, which made me immediately think of that movie and thinking, Oh yeah, Yeah. I know that Michael loved that movie. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? But that's sorry if we're spoiling Mm. it for any of you, but that scene was just crazy. We're not saying who exactly got the knife. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. That was a, that was a fun movie. And in fact, we watched it here Mm because Shannon's mom is a big movie buff and she came down to visit and I'd gone to, I think Ex Machina is rated R and I I had gone seen it by myself. And I think maybe Shannon and I went to see it, but Mm -hmm. So anyway, it was playing on pay-per-view, and her mom had never seen it, and her mm-hmm. mom liked scary movies. I said, oh, well, you should watch Ex Machina. And Rowan, the, my oldest, who's mm-hmm. a movie, both the girls like movies, she came in and watched it too. Mm-hmm. And I was a little like, well, okay, R, but, you know, it's mostly the intensity and there's right. a little violence. But And at the end of it, Rowan said, that's how it ends? Yeah. That's how it ends? She got so excited to think that a movie – doesn't just wrap up neatly. Yeah. You know, that suddenly something could happen that is not a happy ending, yeah. particularly, or a challenging ending. And she right. got very stimulated by that. She went watched that movie like a bunch more times uh, because I think it kind of blew her mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I remember I remember feeling that way because when I used to work at Tower, mm-hmm. I worked at Tower Records and Video. Oh, wow. Um, for five or six years, had a couple of little breaks in there, but I worked in the video side. And we would give off sections to different employees and nobody wanted the foreign section. Um, and we would have to, if it was your section, you had to kind of keep it up and you had to do some of the ordering for it or whatever. Oh, fun. And I had no experience really with foreign movies other than um, Channel 5, KTLA. Was it KTLA back then? Maybe. Um, with Kung Fu. Uh-huh. And I always loved Kung Fu movies. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there was actually Kung Fu Theater was maybe the name of it. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the extent of it. And I went through one day and I said, if this is my section, I should know it. I'm going to start with the letter A. 
and I decided to just watch all the films in the foreign section. Oh, brilliant! From A on, I stopped at like letter C and started bouncing around because there was so much crap in the section mm-hmm. uh, that really shouldn't have even been in there. Um, but watched some amazing films, and I remember thinking, especially with um, French and Italian movies. Uh, no, Spanish movies and what whatnot as well. But thinking, wow, like so many of these are not having a happy, mm-hmm. tied up in a bow ending, and and it was so different from oh, French, what I was used to. French movies. You ever see Wages of Fear? I don't think so. That was remade as Sorcerer by William Friedkin. Okay, Wages of Fear is sort of a famous French movie. I think from the fifties or sixties, mm-hmm. but it's like the most French movie you've ever seen. It's a totally existential. I mean, it's not boring by any right. means, but you know, four guys in a trying to get out of a crappy backwater in South America mm-hmm. volunteer to drive trucks of nitroglycerin to a wildcat well that's burning out of control. Wow! And so the whole thing is about that journey trying to get those trucks because if they if they succeed. You know, the company will pay their way out of the country. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're too poor to get out of the country. And the mm-hmm. whole thing is – so the whole thing becomes about this meditation on life and death. And, it, you know, the end is completely French. And, okay. And every, I'll have to add that to the list then. Um, but uh, speaking of – you reminded me about great movies, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, Brilliant so movie. good. Oh, that's got to be on my list. Yeah. Kung I, Fu Hustle is fantastic. All of his I, – I went through a stage, and this was when I was um, coming up here frequently and hanging out with – um, some of my friends who are writers and whatever. Um, and that was when I started going back into Kung Fu films again. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I got into Shaolin soccer yeah. and Kung Fu. Hustle. He's a movie out right now. Oh, really? The Mermaid. Yeah. I don't know if it's playing here. It was a huge hit in China. Gigantic. Wow. Uh, hit in China, but, but the domestic release was apparently pretty fumbled. Huh? And I think it's playing in New York right now. But oh. it's another kind of like like Chinese fantasy action kind of yeah. fantasy. The mermaid. Oh, I love his movies; they're fantastic. And I just found this movie by coincidence called "What We Do in Shadows." Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I've heard the name of it. But... It's it's, uh, it's a mockumentary about it's like the real world, the MTV Real World uh-huh. series, kind uh-huh. of like that, uh, inspired by that. But it's about four, three or four vampires who live. Yes, I remember in, hearing in, a tiny bit about it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and oh man, I laughed. I just never stop laughing. It's uh, so funny. Awesome. Because it goes after a lot of those tropes of those those TV reality shows, shows, reality shows where everything is so fraught with emotional people are no you know nitpicking at each other. Yeah. You don't do the dishes and all this stuff. And and <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's vampires. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Uh, pretty funny. Yeah. I'll definitely worth a look. Out. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's go to your other side. TV shows. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of a latecomer to the TV revolution yes. that we've been going through in the last so many years. I, I chalk that up to being a parent yeah, because um, there's just only so much time. Uh, but now, oh, my Lord. So Sopranos, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, of course, I never got into Mad Men. and um, uh, I could only stand to watch literally half of Breaking Bad because it was making me so tense. Yeah. It was making me so tense that I literally said, I can't watch this anymore. Which you should now that you can finish it. And and you told me, um, and I'm proud to let you know that I am about halfway through Mr. Robot now. Oh, great um, show. Which is so good. Yeah. And, and if you can watch 
I mean, Breaking Bad is definitely a little more tense than that. And I think I'm at a spot where the tension is going to go up uh-huh. even another in notch in, in Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. Okay. Um, which I won't say anything in case somebody's okay. watching it. But it's basically um, when the prison guy, the guy in prison uh-huh. puts it together. Uh, oh, yeah. So He uh, just put it together. So he's still in prison. He's still in prison. Oh, you have a – there's so much. Yeah. I don't want to overhype <laughs> it. But, yeah, the show just gets – Darker and darker and darker. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, so well done. I love that. That's a great show, Mr. Robot. Can't wait for that. I uh, just caught up finally to the second season of uh, Fargo. Oh, I, ha- I, I really, and I'm a huge, like if there was any team or director or whatever, I would be a little hard pressed, but I would say I, I would almost automatically go to Coen Brothers. Yeah. And I, and which isn't to say I will gobble up everything they write i didn't love intolerable cruelty mm-hmm. um you know there's some stuff that i didn't but fargo i loved well if you love fargo um what's amazing about this show is uh they uh the and that's another one noah hawley who who gets created by credit for the show and wrote like all the one all the first season mm-hmm. and direct them burning jealousy about Noah Hawley. I couldn't wait for the TV Fargo season to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, is it great. Just great. And they, and not only does it evoke the movie, Mm -hmm. it also has its totally own thing going. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but they also are very uh, careful and kind of loving about dropping all these sort of references to, to the Cone Brothers, uh-huh. not just to the first movie, but oh, to the Cone Brothers. Really? Yeah. And if you're a fan of the Cone Brothers, you start to see, oh yeah, that that's from Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was from Big Lebowski, and oh yeah, that was for that. Oh you, cool. You, you'd have to know the movies. Yeah. It's like a musical choice or right. a tiny little moment, or I mean, I'm sure there's tons I don't get. Right. Right. Uh, but but they're yeah they're in there, huh. and and um, the second season, um. The first season I devoured, and yeah. the second season I watched like three or four. Eh, I'm not the biggest. Kristen Dunst has a big part in it. And yeah, I, 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 she's perfectly fine, but yeah. I don't. But everyone else is sort of like you don't. You know they're actors, and you kind of, they're kind of famous, but you don't quite recognize mm-hmm. them. That kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so it lives in this realm of like of reality. Yeah, and she, I just I've seen a lot of her, and so I can't get past that it's Kristen Dunst. Uh-huh. But she's quite good in the show. Yeah, um, and I ended up watching them all, and uh, man, it's it's like they nailed the seventies. It's like oh, wow. there's like a real, um, they just got into the seventies. It's yeah. weird, and, and in very subtle ways, they pick some very kind of interesting quintessential seventies. Ronald Reagan makes an appearance, uh. and on the campaign trail and stuff, it uh. doesn't really spoil anything. But um, there's some other things I won't mention. Uh, but quite good. It's yeah. really well done. Really super well done. I mean, it's amazing. I watch some of these shows and I go, "This is better than any movie I've ever seen." Right. Um, I, you know, you look at it. It's it's scary when you're a writer and you look at it and go, "I can't do that. I don't yeah. think I could ever do that." Yeah. Like Mr. Robot. It's like mm, I don't I don't know if I could ever wrap my mind around that. So what is he? What has he done before Mr. Robot? The the writer? Yeah. I don't think anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he he's with he's that. like a uh, he's a, talk about a savant. Yeah. I think he made. I looked him up on IMDb because I'd never mm-hmm. heard him. Sam, I think, is something or other his name is, mm-hmm. but um, I'd never heard of him. Huh. And um, you know, and I expected to go and find. Oh, you know, six years on uh, home, you know, on X Files, and right. five years on Homeland. Yeah, and five, yeah. You know, like these like, list of all the greatest shows ever right. on television. 
the guy I think had written directed huh. like one movie. Um, so clearly he's someone to keep an eye on yeah. past this thing because he he knows what he's doing. Yeah, or someone in there does. Um, let me see what else have I seen lately that I like besides that. So I watched Fargo. We watched all of Parks and Rec. Will our Willow the little one got us into Parks and Rec. I could not. I was watching The Office at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously The Office was going on, and then Parks and Rec came on, and the first season seems very much like the first. American season of The Office, which worked so hard to to do the English version as the American version, and I liked the dryness of the English version version better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was that I liked um, Ricky Gervais better than I liked Steve Carell as mm-hmm. that character. But it definitely changed. I mean, over the course, you know, once they broke away and they were their own show, it was totally different from that mm-hmm. first season. And I felt that way with Parks and Rec. And I felt that it was kind of that dryness. And I didn't love her as the main role in it. And then I've seen some episodes of subsequent seasons and laughed my head off at them and loved the characters in them you, and whatever. You nailed it exactly right. That's so a, I should skip the first. This first season is like six episodes. Yeah. And they definitely play the extreme version. Like you laugh at them yeah. a little bit, yeah. especially her. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment in the first season where someone says, gosh, you know, uh, Leslie, you're kind of crazy. And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and and so they played that extreme part. Yeah. But in the subsequent seasons, they like the office, they humanize right. them to death. And it's so, it's a very sweet, Okay. Show and the yeah. relationship she ends up having with with Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson, yeah. is hilarious. What yeah. a great character. Um, it, yeah, it's really quite re- to, quite a good show. Quite I'll have a good to skip show. past that. It's the it's that way with Doctor Who with me. I know people oh, see, love I never got, Doctor. Yeah, I've Who. never gotten into it. I've never. It's too much, you know. No, and and I come up from a place where I did not like Star Trek, the TV mm-hmm. show at all. I just thought it looked, and I wasn't, you know, I was born in 72 so i was a little bit older than it but um i i just thought everything looked so wonky and mm-hmm. so so just low budge and i can deal with low budge but i just didn't really like it and that's the way i watched the first maybe four episodes of doctor who and i keep thinking this is it's like a farce right i i just didn't really get it and i couldn't get into it and i have people who are like you have to watch it. It's so good. And mm-hmm. it gets so good in all the different doctors. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever. Yeah. It's a, com- it. well, it's a commitment now. I mean, it really oh, is. Yeah. Uh, if you say, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, and that's a lot of reasons why I don't, I think people don't, don't start because you go, Oh shit. It's been five episodes of Mad Men or 10 right. seasons. I mean, yeah. It's like, I don't want to start because if I'm going to feel like I have to watch every single yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Willa, uh, when she got her, when she got her um, iPad, she started watching. She's the she's the binger. She'll uh-huh. start at the beginning and watch them all. And um, she watched all five or six since Christmas. Watched all five or six seasons of Once Upon a Time. Okay, which she loves. Yeah, loves, 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 loves yeah. to pieces. Yeah, and and we've been watching the last season of Downton Abbey. I never. Okay, and. I, um, well, you know, I mean, I it's the I I've seen bits and pieces over the years to yeah. know obviously what it is this season they're sort of teeing up all the kind of happy endings right i think they're being giving kind of the, the viewers what they want yeah it's a sense Tying i'm it getting up for them, yeah. yeah 
Um, but it's good, you know, it's really yeah. well done. And Maggie Smith's fantastic. Yeah. And, and of course, she gets all the good lines. Right. At this point. Um, I haven't and, really full bore given that an effort. Yeah, I have for some of those other. And I love English stuff. Mm-hmm. I love BBC. And I, you know, I was raised on Monty Python, not oh. because of my parents. I raised myself on Monty Python. Right. Sure. Um, Who didn't? And not to say that that's anything like these other things, but. Um, I tried with Sherlock. Yeah, uh, good watch it. I, I got, I'm probably five or six episodes in, and it still isn't hitting me the way that I feel like it should mm-hmm. be. Um, you watch Orphan Black? No, Orphan Black's really good. Yeah, yeah, and That's... and the and the um, I'm friendly with one of the actors who's in it, and mm-hmm. he's great. But but it, the show's owned by. The young woman who plays all the clones. I mean, she right. plays like six roles, and, right. and you can't tell. Quite apart from the technical aspect of it, you you can't tell that it's not different people. Uh-huh. It's it's incredible. Huh. I mean, she obviously looks the same, yeah, but the personalities have evolved among these clones, where they have their own lives now, and it's mm-hmm. impacted how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one's a geek and one's a housewife, and you know all this stuff. But it, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Huh. That's a really incredible. Um. What was I going to say? The um, oh shoot! Before I got on that, um, oh oh, so yeah, Downton Abbey. And you know, I, when I was a kid, there was Upstairs Downstairs. That was right. That was the big show that was on PBS, on yes. Masterpiece Theater, with Alistair Cook or introducing them every week. Yeah, and, and uh, so that's what Downton Abbey is. It's like a riff on Upstairs Downstairs. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, it's, we watch it together. I mean, that's that's the like, we started watching it as a family because yeah. it was something we all, which is enjoyed. something you all could connect with which is good yeah. yeah which is the problem with our home is that missy doesn't really she has a hard time watching intense television mm-hmm. um which so much of it is mm-hmm. and i have a hard time really jumping into sitcom or more light tv like i love everybody loves raymond mm-hmm. i can watch that show it's funny to me and especially as a father now i didn't really love it until then i i have no desire to watch friends to re-watch yeah. friends right now right um they the, watch friends yeah. that's that's another aspect of the parenting is i'm the only as the only man in the house mm-hmm. um there are you know and i've got two girls who are now teenagers basically right um and so there's there's definitely a subtle aspect of when i'm not really welcome in the room with the television <laughs> yeah, because yeah. i my mere presence root kind of harshes their enjoyment of something and friends is one of those things yeah I mean, they don't like me to be there when they watch friends because so much of the content is sexual yeah and so much of it is kind of risque right and they don't want daddy sitting there while they giggle about certain jokes yeah, you know? yeah. They, they don't you know they if they're get embarrassed yeah so i can't be there sometimes when they watch friends they kick me out are there some of their stuff that they're watching that you basically are there and are not enjoying, but are there to be a part of that time and you are mystery science theatering it? Or do you basically just <laughs> keep quiet? And... Oh, I, um, it, it, I have to pick my battles Yeah, because sometimes they don't want my commentary. Yeah. Um, and certainly stuff that's more adult, they would rather I did not draw attention to it in any way, shape, or form. Once in a while, I'll say, you know, I don't know if this is appropriate. And then I yeah. usually I get the boot. I 
at that point. I'll just, <laughs> well, Shannon, you, you just have to leave. Shannon will invite me to leave. Yeah. She's totally on their side about all of that. She, right. They, uh, they, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the, doing something other, something else. And I'll hear laughing from the living room and I'll hear Shannon go, Oh, Joey, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't think you're maybe necessarily protecting our children yes. from, from uh, the, the, the bad influence there. But you know what? I, I, one of the things that is different from my upbringing is my kids know the facts of life. You know, we've had more than the chat. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't tend to take the lead on it, although I, you know, Shannon tends to take the lead on right. all that stuff. However, I have been engaged to answer questions from time to time. Yeah. Uh, stuff that my parents ne- certainly never s- spoke to me about or my siblings about. Right. Um, I want my kids to have. I'm not afraid of their sexuality, particularly. Yeah. I mean, I want them to. I'm afraid of them being ignorant about it. Yeah, yeah. And so I want them to have the information. I don't. I don't want them to be to feel like that's something that is shameful or or scary and something that daddy can't know about or or yeah. You know, I'd we've ra- got to hide all this. And yeah, yeah, I'd rather. I mean, we certainly. I'm more appropriate in that regard than my wife. Um, but you know, we keep a. I believe a healthy separation between mm-hmm. um you know our appreciation of that aspect of our lives and our kids yeah um but but we're we don't want to make it something that's off limits and and certainly shannon will talk to them about whatever they want to talk about there's not like a we we don't want them to go out forth not knowing stuff and making deci- making bad choices and bad decisions etc as, as people probably say so yeah Anyway, so they so they're well versed in they you know um, that kind of humor at this point, you yeah. Know? And their friends are too, and they they would be anyway, right? At this point, I mean, by the time they're fifteen, if they don't know all this sort of secret sexual stuff, yeah, um, that I had, you know, that we were always, I mean, my buddies were always finding Playboy magazines, and yeah. everything like that. Oh yeah, um, there would be something weird. They were hadn't been exposed to it. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of where I've come out on it. Is if they don't know about it, it's there's something wrong, right? So uh, you would be an Amish family, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, Amish, exactly. I guess the only Amish in L.A. Yeah, like the Beverly Hillbillies or something like that. So, <laughs> all right, well, um, I think we basically covered what, whatever you like, everything we can cover. Okay, this was great fun. Yeah, yeah. Talking about movies. Uh, talking about movies all day. Oh, I yeah, yeah. we could make a whole friend. Two podcasts out of that, pretty yeah. much. Well, maybe you will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for thank you sitting down Any, with me anytime. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Okay. Cool. All right. I want to thank Michael for being on again. Um, it was great to be able to sit down with him as uh, both of our families basically played around in uh, his backyard. Uh, outside of where we were, you could probably hear some kids at some point during the normal episode or during this one. Yeah, Michael was a fantastic guest on, and uh, I could probably do a whole nother fork in the road talking about movies with him. Um, so again, you can find uh, Daddy Unscripted online at daddyunscripted.com. That's where the original blog was uh, hosted as well. So there are some older posts that are just blog posts uh, before this became a podcast. You can also find Daddy Unscripted on Twitter 
as well as on Facebook under the same name. Uh, You can find us if you're an Android user, you can use Stitcher to listen to us. Or if you're an iPhone user, you can use your podcast app and find Daddy Unscripted. I would love for you either way to go to iTunes, find Daddy Unscripted, subscribe, leave a review and a rating. Those things, they super duper help me uh, get this podcast out to more listeners, which hopefully enables the podcast to get some really cool guests on to be able to branch outside of just people that I know, um, maybe get some people that I have never, ever met before, but have some really cool uh, dad stories, dad advice, whatever, and uh, enable me to talk to some people in some very different walks of life uh, about what it's like to be a dad. So you can also send me an email, uh, daddyunscripted at gmail.com, if you have any of those people that you would like me to sit down and talk with. I hope you enjoyed this Fork in the Road with Michael as much as I did. I actually had a really good time recording it. And actually, uh, and I'm not just saying this, I enjoyed listening back to it while I was editing it. So I hope you did. And uh, there should be plenty of other episodes for you to be able to listen to. So thanks again. Thanks again.